Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show. The Rifleman Radio Show is sponsored by the APSI Project, which is an endeavor of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is an organization dedicated <clears throat> to honoring the founding fathers, to honoring those men and women who sacrificed so much for our country. We're a rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, and American history organization. And we welcome you to the show this evening. I'm going to get started with uh, how I usually get started with the schedule of events. We've had uh, a great uh, July 4th weekend, a lot of great shoots around the nation, and uh, we have a lot of great shoots coming up. I'm going to talk to you about those right now, and uh, then we'll get on with the show. Okay, coming up in Augusta, Georgia, July 11th and 12th, Troop, New York, July 11th and 12th. This event is uh, being moved, and we'll let you know where it's uh, moved to, what date, uh, as soon as we get that finished. Virginia Beach, Virginia, July 11th and 12th. Mannheim, Pennsylvania, July 18th and 19th. This is going to be another great event, and uh, K-Dan is going to be uh, running the show 
uh, at Mannheim, which means it's going to be a great show. Miamisburg, Ohio, July 18th and 19th. Fort White, Florida, July 18th and 19th. This is another event that we've had to move, uh, and we'll reschedule it and let you know where it's, gone, where it's moved to. Uh, Oxford, Kansas, July 18th and 19th. Peru, California, July 18th and 19th. Proctor, Vermont, July 18th and 19th. Winslow, New Jersey, July 18th and 19th. Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, July 25th and 26th. Bridgeport, California, July 25th and 26th. Danville, Illinois, July 25th and 26th. El Paso Community College, El Paso, Texas, July 25th and 26th. Gibsonburg, Ohio, July 25th and 26th. La Crescent, Minnesota, July 25th and 26th. Lodi, Wisconsin, July 25th and 26th. Perrier, Tennessee, July 25th and 26th. Reno, Nevada, July 25th and 26th. Riley, Indiana, July 25th and 26th. Simsbury, Connecticut, July 25th, 26th. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, July 25th and 26th. Carrollton, Kentucky, August 1st and 2nd. Enfield, New Hampshire, August 1st and 2nd. Lakeport, California, August 1st and 2nd. Ottawa, Illinois, August 1st and 2nd. Stinson, West Virginia, August 1st and 2nd. Colebrook, Connecticut, August 8th and 9th. Elbridge, New York, August 8th and 9th. Fountain, Colorado, August 8th and 9th. Jericho, Vermont, August 8th and 9th. That will take you 30 days ahead. <clears throat> if you want to find out what is happening after that, or if you want to make sure that you have a place on the line, here's what you do. Go to appleseedinfo.org. Appleseedinfo, one word, dot org. That's our homepage. Up in the left-hand corner of the page, there will be a, a tab saying Appleseed. Click on that. That's a pull-down menu. When you click on that and you pull it down, go to Schedule. Click on Schedule. That will take you to the Schedule page. Once you're on the Scheduling page, look for the uh, location and date that you want to go to. That's set up by month, month by month, and then uh, by the cities and then the dates. Find the location that you want to go to, and then to the right of the location and the date you want to go to will be two hot links. One will say Information, and that will tell you where the event's being held, any uh, special information you need to know about it, uh, directions, etc. And the, the one right next to that is register. Now, if you've decided that you want to go to an event, what we'd like you to do is make sure you pre-register. That does uh, several things. <clears throat> first, of all, first off, it guarantees you a place on the line at that event. Make sure that you have a, uh, a place on the line. You don't show up and they say it's uh, filled up or it's canceled. So <clears throat> if you pre-register, it will give you a place on the line. You'll get uh, an information packet sent to you, and it makes sure that we know how many people are going to the events. We like to make sure that we have a good uh, instructor-to-student ratio, 
Uh, we want to make sure that we have enough supplies sent for the event. The only way to do that for sure is to know how many people are coming in advance because we have to ship supplies out two weeks before uh, before the events. Uh, it also lets us know that uh, if it fills up pretty quick and it looks like there's a lot of interest at a certain location, well, we'll do everything in our power to secure more line. Uh, you know, even if we have to uh, uh, go across the street and get some from another location or go, you know, go down to another bay and set up another shooting location. If, if we can do it, I guarantee you we will do it. But I can also guarantee you it will not happen if you guys don't pre-register, if you don't let us know that there's a need for that. <clears throat> okay, so once again, go to appleseedinfo.org. That's the homepage. Look in the upper left-hand corner. You'll see Appleseed on one of the tabs. Click on that tab. That will bring a pull-down menu that will come down. And then that will, uh, on that pull-down menu, you'll see Schedule. Uh, you click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page that has all of the rest of the events uh, for this year on them, the locations, the dates, and then information for each one. And it gives you the ability to uh, pre-register for, for all of the events. And uh, I urge you to pre-register to make sure you have a place in the line and to make sure that uh, we're going to have a good instructor-to-student uh, ratio and that we have enough supplies. Make sure that we've got enough T-shirts and targets and everything else there. So if you can pre-register, please do. <clears throat> All right. Uh, okay, I'm clicking over to the chat room here. I can see that uh, we've got quite a few folks in. Thank you guys for coming in. Uh, we certainly appreciate the help every uh, every week of the show, except for last week. Uh, for the people that don't know, I, I was taking cattle to the auction last week, and uh, – uh, you know, I got busted up pretty good unloading them, and uh, uh, I just went to the uh, – the, they didn't have any space for me to have any surgery this last week, being the 4th of July holiday week coming up. Plus, we had an apple seed on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I ended up uh, seeing the doctor yesterday, and he got me in for surgery today. So I had uh, surgery today. I had uh, plates put into my arm. And I had my uh, ribs tickled, and uh, uh, and I guess I'm almost back to 100% now. Uh, I'm probably about as sore as a uh, as a person can be uh, without crying like a girl, but uh, I think I'm good to go. And just in case I do uh, uh, pass out uh, uh, from the pain, uh, I've got uh, Mark Alonso here with me, ready to take the. Uh, the Rifleman Radio Show uh, magazine-fed microphone <laughs> out of my hands uh, if needed. So I think we've got you guys covered. Uh, let's see. It looks like uh, everyone is is in the chat room, and you already got the uh, the telephone number put out. So uh, you guys be sure and call in, Karen. I didn't see her listed on, oh, there she is. Thank you, Karen. Karen O., uh, one of the folks who uh, is a great supporter of this show, and not just this show. I'm telling you, she's a hard worker. She goes out uh, and she supports all of the shows on the Blog Talk uh, network uh, that are aimed at helping to preserve our heritage and our country, helping to get the message out. So she's a tireless worker 
for that, and we certainly appreciate it. She's put the call-in number in the chat room. I'll give it to her over the air. The number is 347-308-8790. Once again, that's 347 347- Three zero eight eight seven nine zero. So feel free to call in if you have uh, uh, well anything at all. We'd like to hear reports from the uh, uh, regional coordinators, state coordinators, folks who just had shoots at the uh, the July Fourth weekend, and uh, we'd like to you guys while we're uh, while we're doing the show tonight, put your heads together and uh, and be figuring out ways. To turn around, we're having now. Summer is typically a low turnout time uh, for us. People go on vacation. Uh, they, uh, it's hot. It's hot everywhere. It was 104 this uh, last weekend here at the uh, the Davila location, uh, and yet everyone uh, uh, muscled through it some way, and um, even made two riflemen. People go on vacation. Uh, there's a lot of things they do with their families, but there's still nothing. That's more important than ensuring that folks get to an Appleseed event, that they get to an event that they uh, learn about, uh, that they learn rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, learn about their American heritage, learn how important it is to preserve the rights, the freedoms that our country uh, has given us. So while we're doing the show tonight, we're going to talk about this too in just a minute uh, We'd like everybody to be putting their heads together and uh, figure out ways to, uh, I'm not going to call it a low turnout, I'm going to call it a low word out, uh, because I can guarantee you that, uh, that there were, there's more than just uh, the few folks that showed up here at uh, Davila this last weekend, and we're talking about a range of folks. We had uh, one man that uh, I would say he was uh, in his mid to late 60s. And uh, right, all the way to uh, his grandson, who, how old was uh, Andrew? 10, 11? Yeah, uh, right around there. So there's a full range of folks right there that uh, there are plenty of folks that are willing to come out in the heat. There are plenty of folks that are willing to uh, to get on the line at an Appleseed event. <clears throat> and uh, we need those folks. So it's a case of frictional word out. Frictional turnout is what it is. We have apple seeds almost everywhere that folks could want one. If we don't have one somewhere that folks want one, we will be glad to load everything in a truck and drive there and have an event there. All we need to do is get the word. Now, there are also tens of thousands, tens of thousands of folks in every major city, Uh, thousands in uh, some of the uh, medium cities, hundreds in the small cities, and dozens in the... uh, and the little uh, podunk villages that want to go to apple seed events. And why aren't they? Because they haven't heard of it yet. Because they don't know that there is such a thing as apple seed. Uh, nobody's talked to them about it. They haven't run across it somehow. They didn't uh, read about it in Fred's uh, article in Shotgun News when they got trapped uh, somewhere waiting for a feed supply. Uh, one thing or another, they haven't heard about it yet. So how do we fix that? We've got to turn around the low word out and get to a high word out. <clears throat> we need to make sure that everyone uh, in the Alpha program 
uh, or any everyone who's even heard of the program understands that uh, the responsibility for getting the word out doesn't belong to instructors, doesn't belong to uh, staff members uh, uh, solely, that is. It doesn't belong to forum members. It, the responsibility for getting the word out is just like the responsibility and the ownership of the Seize Fire Command uh, at an event. Everybody owns that command, just like everybody owns uh, the right and the responsibility of getting the word out about Appleseed. And why? Because it's a great social club uh, to shoot at, uh, because uh, you'll meet uh, the best friends uh, for life that you could ever meet. Uh, that is a great place for, for folks to talk about uh, uh, rifle marksmanship and learn about rifle marksmanship. Well, it's all of those things. But you know what mainly it is about? It is about ensuring that folks understand that there is a need to preserve our history, preserve our freedoms and liberties, and that's what we need you to do. We need everyone to own the uh, the word out responsibilities. <clears throat> All right. Now at the uh, let me pull up the my radio show here thing because I want to make sure that I uh, that I hit the headlines. A lot of times uh, uh, I'll put a topic up for the for the radio show, and uh, we do indeed talk about it. But uh, the main thing we're going to be talking about, of course, is the program. <clears throat> Tonight the topic was <clears throat> when the levee breaks. When the levee breaks. <clears throat> and what made me think about that was uh, I was watching uh, uh, one of those kind of disaster, uh, you know, science shows. And uh, they were talking about the, uh, the flooding in Louisiana, how that happened, when the levee breaks, when the levees broke. <clears throat> and uh, and if you didn't know the history about it, you would think, wow, here comes this, uh, this out-of-nowhere event that this, pushes the water up to a, an unbelievable height and, uh, that they thought would never happen. And uh, the levees broke and the city was flooded. Oh, disaster. Whoa. Woe is me. Oh, my gosh, grief, unbearable hardship. <clears throat> How could we have ever known? And then you study a little farther and you find out, wait a minute, uh, these guys knew about this for uh, uh, close to uh, three-fourths of a century. They knew about it definitely for half a century, over 50 years. They knew that this was coming. They knew it was coming. And guess what? The federal government was sending them billions of dollars to prepare for it, to get ready for it. And, uh, and some of the money got used for it, and some of the money didn't. Some of the money uh, wound up in other places. Uh, and, and my gosh, they, you can't really expect them to be ready for this, uh, this flood that, that nobody ever expected. And when they only had 50 years to prepare for it, and that's what's happening right now in America. And we've had years and years to prepare uh, for the events that are happening right now. And 
how much how high will the the water uh, slash hypocrisy uh, have to rise before the levees finally break? How far can Americans be pushed before before they break? And here's an even more disturbing question. Is are Americans even awake right now to know that they're being pushed and that they're heading toward a breaking point? Or are they all just standing kind of uh, shoulder to shoulder, chest to back, touching each other, shuffling forward with the rest of the lemmings, heading toward a location uh, as yet unknown until they take that one last step and find nothing beneath them to support them as they plunge off the cliff? How much air, how much air will the living and breathing Constitution have to suck before Americans realize it has a respiratory disease? That's the problem that's facing America right now. You can forget about everything else. You can forget about House Bill XYZ. You can forget about Democrats. You can forget about Republicans. Uh, they can all fit in the same bag. You can forget about politicians. You can forget about disasters. You can forget about uh, uh, stimulus or porculus bills because none of that really matters. None of that matters. Because until Americans are awake enough to do something about it, it's just, uh, it's just uh, words jumbled together running across on one of those uh, news uh, banner things that run across the bottom of your TV or those ticker tape things that are running across uh, uh, overhead at the airport. It's just a bunch of jumbled stuff flashing by that, ad- that means absolutely nothing. Oh, man, uh, stimulus bill passes. Oh, Second Amendment bill is crushed. Uh, they're going to take people's uh, rifles away. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, well, I don't have time to think about that right now. I've got a flight to catch to here, and uh, i got to pick up the kids at such and such time, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, until people think about the responsibility they have to do something about it, then what does it matter what happens? What does it matter if you ended up with a bunch of jackbooted thugs uh, with swastikas uh, herding people into cattle cars? What does it matter? Because nothing's going to be done about it. Not a thing. Nothing's going to be done about it. Why? Because people are sleeping. Why? Because the worst disease this country faces right now is not the swine flu. Uh, It's not cancer. It's not AIDS. It's none of those. Believe me, the human race will, uh, will get by every single one of those. We'll fix every one of those. The thing that we're not able to fix right now, the thing that is killing us right now, the thing that's killing, I'm telling you, literally hundreds of thousands of people a day, is apathy. Apathy and laziness. Too lazy to do the right thing. Too lazy to devote five minutes to the right thing. Too apathetic to think that they can do anything, so they may as well do nothing. They may as well sit on the couch with a remote in their hand, with a sack over their head, 
wrapped up in some kind of uh, uh, who knows what, uh, some reality show, and let that be their existence. Let that be their universe. Uh, let Michael Jackson's uh, parties uh, be the thing that uh, that they need to think about right now. Let that be the most important thing in their universe right now. Because the other stuff, oh my gosh, man, taking responsibility for my life, taking responsibility for ensuring that there will be an America when I wake up tomorrow, that's too difficult. That's too difficult. I can't do it. I can't wrap my brain around it. I can't figure out how to do it. Uh, it, it. It hurts my head to think about it. Listen, it hurts my head, too. It hurts my head to think about it. But it hurts my head worse, and it breaks my heart to consider the alternative. The alternative is that I sit on the couch, too. I do nothing. I refuse to wrap my brain around it. And I hand it off to my kids. I hand it off to my kids. She's just seven years old right now. But you know what? She loves me. She trusts me completely. When she's standing on the edge of the pool and she takes off running, she jumps at me. She yells my name as she's jumping. I don't even know that she's coming. She yells at my name as she's jumping because she knows that I'll catch her. She knows that I'll be there to catch her. She trusts me completely. What am I going to do with that trust? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to ignore that there is a problem and uh, and hand her off a country so misused, so busted up, so broken that there's no way in Hades that she's ever going to fix it? How can I do that? How could I do that and still call myself a man? Even if you didn't have children, there's always going to be somebody coming after you. There's always posterity. Why do you think the founding fathers did it? Why do you think that the men and women stood in ranks at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge in Concord, Why did they fight so hard on the way back to Boston all along Battle Road? Not for themselves. Some of these men were 50, 60, even 70 years old. What did it matter to them if they had a country or not? They were at the end. They've been through the best years of their life already. What did it matter to them if they had a country or not? It mattered Because they cared about those who came after. They cared about posterity. You'll hear that time and again in their words. The Founding Fathers mention that over and over and over. They talk about posterity. Those who would come after. You, me, your mother, your father, your grandfather, your daughter, your son, your grandson, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren. That's posterity. That's part of being a human being, part of being an American, is making sure 
that there is something there, that there is some kind of a country left for those that come after. What will be re- what will we be remembered for? Will be we be remembered as the as the generation that did nothing, that stuck our hands in the sand, that sat around with our thumbs in our high knees doing nothing until the country rotted around us, that we can hand our posterity a, a pile of filthy rags for them to clothe themselves in, that we can hand them a living, breathing constitution which looks like nothing that the Founding Fathers left for us. That's what happens. You know, I got an interesting email uh, from an instructor before the July 4th weekend, and uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and find it real quick so that I can uh, so I can uh, give you some of the information about it because uh, <clears throat> okay this is. Uh, This is from Dan, who is the uh, Illinois State Coordinator. All right. He was talking about about celebrating the 4th of July. Uh, Folks are talking about about folks who talk about celebrating the 4th. Hey, we're going to celebrate the 4th. We've got a big 4th of July party coming up. Big 4th of July. Big uh, July 4th party. What are you guys doing for the 4th? What are you guys doing for the 4th of July? Going to the game? Going to a party? Going to have a barbecue? What's going on? What are your, what, your, your family got any plans for the 4th? What is a 4th? What's a 4th of July? What is that? What is, it, is there any meaning to it? It's just a date, 4th of July. What is that? Why don't we call it what it's supposed to be? It's an Independence Day celebration. And... Uh, He goes further to uh, talk about uh, about searching with the uh, the Google engine, uh, searching the different phrases. Now he searched Fourth of July celebration, and he got eighty one million pages. He searched Independence Day celebration, and he got nineteen million pages. Search Cinco de Mayo. Celebration's got 11,400,000. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, he was talking about, I was a little bit disappointed, disappointed with the difference between the 4th of July and Independence Day numbers. That's, that's a pretty large uh, difference there, 81 million to 19 million pages. <clears throat> All right. But it didn't seem like it was that big. And then, uh, heck, 4th of July, I mean, uh, Independence Day celebrations actually beat Cinco de Mayo celebrations, right? So at least that's something, right? 
And then he said, what if he gets a bit more specific? Uh, all right, how about this? Fourth uh, of July, 2009. You got 99,400,000. Independence Day, 2009. 21,200,000. Cinco de Mayo, 2009. 25,800,000. Well, uh, you know, didn't, that, that didn't really look any better. He said maybe it was just the 2009. So he went on to search, uh, jumped uh, back five years, 2004. 4th of July in 2004 at 49,800,000. Okay. Independence Day, 2004, uh, 4,650,000. Cinco de Mayo, 2004, 7,760,000. All right, uh, jump back another four years. 4th of July, 2001, 19,300,000 for 4th of July. Independence Day, 3,690,000. Cinco de Mayo, 2001, 34,100,000. Now, what's the deal with 2001? Uh, You got almost twice the results for the Cinco de Mayo or Fourth of July, nearly ten times after Independence Day. Uh, Okay. Let's figure out what it is. Because what he found out was he was using Independence Day. He wasn't using American Independence Day. So when he used American Independence Day, he only got 964000 Okay? And let's see. American Independence Day, 2001. All right, 964000 All right, then he started uh, going... Through those results, found out that four of the ten results from that page dealt with African Independence Day, Greek Independence Day, even though he specifically searched for American Independence Day. And, of course, there's a ton of other countries that celebrate their Independence Day. So the uh, feeble number of 964,000 in comparison to 34 million for Cinco de Mayo that uh, same year is actually... Uh, quite a bit less, right? 964,000 to 34 million. Only that wasn't the total uh, tallies, right? Because out of the 964,000, you had to take uh, 400,000 of those, which were African Independence Day, uh, Greek Independence Day, and uh, other uh, nefarious Independence Day. All right. Now, what if we tried... uh, uh, Fourth of July canceled due to lack of funding. Okay, and we come up with 7,170 results. All right, and uh, just on the first page of the results, he sees that the following cities have canceled their Fourth of July 2009 festivities. Okay, these cities, I'm going to name off, have canceled There are 2009 festivities for for lack of funding. San Jose, California, Gainesville, Florida, Mesa, Arizona, California State University, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Niceville, Florida, and Garland, Texas. Well, man, there's not enough money to celebrate uh, Independence Day in America. 
in those cities. Okay, well, let's check again. Let's check this. How about this? <clears throat> now, did any of those cities just listed, they didn't have enough money to celebrate Independence Day, were they able to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Well, San Jose, California certainly did. The economy has not put a damper on plans for San Jose's 27th annual Cinco de Mayo celebration with a parade and festival set for Sunday. Gainesville, Florida, yep, they had one. Mesa, Arizona, absolutely. Colorado Springs, you betcha. Nashville, Florida, probably you say, surely must. Garland, Texas, of course, why not? And what about California State University? Well, you may or may not know the facts about Cinco de Mayo, but its celebration didn't start in Mexico. No, not at all. It began in 1967 in the good old U.S. of A. at the University of California. The first U.S. Cinco de Mayo celebration took place in 1967. A group of California State University students started commemorating the holiday to recapture Chicano history. Uh, there wasn't any Chicano holidays at the time. Now, you can see more fun Cinco de Mayo facts at uh, at another website, and I'll put that on the chat a little bit later. So what are we asking? Uh, has this nation got to the point that a holiday, uh, which was made up by a bunch of college kids in 1967, has replaced Independence Day in America? Look around you. See how many American Independence Days have been canceled. Now, I'm not talking about July 4th, because July 4th is going the way of Christmas, or Xmas, as it were, where the the original reason for the event is being lost. Uh, I imagine if you went up to people, if you did one of Jay Leno's uh, Man on the Street interviews, and uh, you started asking people about the American Revolution, you would get uh, some very surprising results. Uh, I've done it many times, and uh, you can bet it is a complete surprise to a lot of folks uh, what a lot of the days are, what a lot of the days mean. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised, surprised even, uh, uh, I say surprised, uh, I'm, I'm saddened at the same time uh, when folks, when, we, when I ask about the revolution, who was fighting, <clears throat> and they say America and uh, uh, England, with that... Uh, with that turn up at the end, meaning it's a question, means, am I right? Was it England? Did America fight a revolution to gain their independence from uh, England? Because, listen, let me tell you something. If folks don't know where they came from, if they don't have any understanding of their history, then they're lost. If they don't know where they came from, what their name is, what they uh, what their country did, then what does it matter to them what their country does in the future? 
we're dying a slow and painful death here. And just as they said, when it, when America dies, when America goes gets flushed, it won't be with a bang. It'll be with a whimper. It'll be with its tail tucked between its legs as it goes to sleep and dies in its sleep. That's the direction we're headed in. It's the job of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association, of the Appleseed Project, to ensure that this does not happen. We're building a machine here. We're building a huge Paul Revere machine to wake people up, to wake people up and, and get them to remember before it's too late, hey, you're an American. And let me tell you how you got here. Let me tell you how you got to be an American. It started on this one certain day, April 19th, 1775, and here's how it started, and here's the guys that were involved in it. These are the same, these people, the blood that runs in these people's veins is the same blood that runs in your veins today. I don't care if you're not a uh, blood relative to a Revolutionary War veteran. The same blood runs in your veins today. We're not going to let this experiment in freedom and liberty die on the vine, perish in its sleep, to drown in its own vomit. I'm not going to. I'm going to do everything I have to do in order to wake people up. I'm going to do everything I have to do to make sure that those men and women who sacrifice so much that they're remembered and that by remembering them that we learn the path to preserving our freedom, preserving our heritage, our liberties. All we have to do is learn that history, learn what they did, learn what they said, learn what the Constitution said, learn what the Bill of Rights said, says, and that will save us, that will preserve us. We have a wonderful nation here. Regardless of what anybody tells you about how much it sucks, how much it deserves uh, to die, how much we as Americans deserve to have a butt kicking, to have our country invaded, to be shown that we're not the uh, toughest kids on the block, how much we deserve that. Don't listen to those Tories. Read the history for yourself. Read about the men and women of April 19, 1775, those folks that stood together at Lexington Green, at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge in Concord, that fought along Battle Road back to Boston, 20 miles that same day. About those folks 
who after that they, after they had heard word that the regulars were out <clears throat> and were attempting to take the liberties away from them, that they didn't need any urging, they didn't need any coddling, they didn't need any pleading or begging, please save your country, please do uh, the least little bit, please make a five-minute phone call to save your country. Oh, I can't, I'm too busy. Oh, I can't, I don't have time for that. Oh, American Idol's coming on. Oh, the Michael Jackson tribute's coming on. I don't have time. Sorry. Hope somebody else is going to save the country for me. I hope somebody takes care of me. I hope somebody wipes my hiney. Be a man. Take care of your own responsibilities. Good grief. Learn about your history. Learn about those folks that didn't need any urging to take care of themselves. Learn about those folks that when they heard that the British regulars were out, within 20 hours they had 14,000 men under arms marching toward Concord. 14,000 men under arms marching toward Concord. Now listen, that's without fax machines. That's without uh, pagers or cell phones or uh, national uh, uh, email alerts, uh, without uh, television, uh, without uh, anybody blabbering uh, on what you should do. That was folks that already knew what they had to do. They'd already set up a system. They already had a plan. They had a plan to take care of themselves. My goodness, what a notion. They had a plan to take care of themselves. And when something happened, they implemented the plan, and they took care of themselves. They had 14,000 men under arms marching toward Concord. Now, a lot of these men, they'd marched 25 miles to, at the end of the 25 miles, to throw themselves into battle. Straight into battle. They didn't sit down to have a latte. Uh, they didn't have any kind of uh, pedicures or manicures. Uh, they didn't beat a bunch of drums. Uh, they didn't hug each other and tell each other it was okay to cry. They kept on running and threw themselves into the battle. They ran from 25 miles from their house and threw themselves into battle. That's the kind of men that used to be, uh, that this, used, this country used to be made of. Where are those men now? They're still out there. They're still out there. They're waiting. They're waiting for one of us to put the word in their ear. They're waiting to hear that word, apple seed. Apple seed. They're waiting to hear that word. They don't know that they are, but they are. I can't tell you how many times people have showed up on the line here. They've showed up on the line and said, I I've been looking for this for so long. I've been looking for this for so long. I knew it was out there somewhere. It had to be. But I didn't know where it was. I hadn't heard of it. I'm so glad I found you. Does that sound like some kind of a, uh, uh, some kind of a social club? Does that sound like some kind of a, uh, a hobby? No, it's not. That was said by a person. And I'm sure the reason he said it was the same reason that I said it. 
whenever I found the, the organization. Because I kept waking up every morning uh, with a, uh, a feeling in my mind like I had like I had swallowed a bad dream and I couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it. There was something wrong. Yeah, there was something wrong. There was something wrong with my country. My country was sick. My country needed me. I thought I'd, after I'd served six years with the American military, I'd done all the things that they asked. I'd done uh, all of the stuff that they had asked. And I thought that that was my ticket. I thought that that absolved me of any further duties to my country. I'd already done that. Heck, a lot of folks had never even been in the military. I'd done six years. Certainly, that paid my dues, didn't it? Didn't it? I tell you guys this all the time. I'll keep telling you over and over. The pursuit, the, the, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is not a right at all. Did you hear what I said? It is not a right. It's a sacred contractual agreement between you and this nation that you will do everything in your power every single day of your life to ensure that those rights are safeguarded, that your country is preserved. That's exactly what it is. It's not a freebie. It doesn't get handed to you, and you don't become an American just because you were born here. You become an American when you agree to that contractual agreement, when you agree to preserve the rights, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to preserve your nation, to preserve the freedoms handed down to you by the Founding Fathers. Think about that. Think about that. Because I did. Because I felt that hole in me, that huge hole in me, wondering, what, what, what am I going to do? I was sick to death about this country. What am I going to do? What am I as one person going to do? And the answer is you as one person aren't going to do anything. But you as a person banded together with thousands of other like-minded individuals at first and then tens of, tens of thousands of like-minded individuals and then hundreds of thousands of like-minded individuals and then millions of of like-minded individuals, then you're going to do something. And listen to me, things are going to start happening way before we get to a million like-minded individuals. Things are already happening now. All right, You may not see them on the front pages of the newspapers. You may not understand that they're going on, but they're going on. Folks are waking up. All right, They're waking up, and they're looking for a place 
to put their shoulder to the wheel. All right, your job is to make sure that they know that that place is apple seed. That's your job. Along with everything else you got to do in your life, all right, I'm going to give you one more job. Here it is. Tell somebody about the apple seed program. Tell somebody about what we do, all right? Number one, we're the absolutely best rifle marksman program, rifle marksmanship program you can go to in these United States for 70 bucks, and that's only for, uh, for the few. The majority of folks, they're getting in scot-free, women, children, active-duty military. We're letting these folks in free. The only reason we're charging a dollar uh, is, is because we've got to charge something in order to, to pay for gas to get there. So number one, they're getting the best uh, fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program you could find. Number two, they're going to hear about the history of this nation, how where it began. We can't give you the full history. We can't give you 230 years of history, much as I would like to sometimes to people. I'd like to hammer it into their heads. But we can give you one day of it, okay? And what better day to give you than the first day of the history of America, April 19, 1775, the day this nation was birthed. And then they can become a part of the organization, and they can help get people on the path, the path to becoming a rifleman, the path to becoming a patriot, a preserver of American freedom, liberties, and heritage, a preserver of this nation, a preserver of the Constitution. All right. I guess I've uh, I guess I've been yelling for a while, and uh, I'm uh, giving myself a headache. <laughs> I'm probably giving Mark a headache too because he's uh, he's sitting here within about a foot of me, and. Uh, Anyway, we'd like uh, for you guys to call in and uh, give us a rundown about uh, two things. One, uh, if you're a state coordinator or a regional coordinator and you uh, have some uh, information about the Lazee shoots from this last weekend, we'd love to hear it. Uh, If you have some information about an upcoming shoot, any way that we can plug ourselves into helping you or that any of the folks uh, listening can plug themselves in uh, to helping you, then uh, please give us a call in. Get on the air here. We'll put you on the air. No sweat. We'll make sure we get to you. Uh, The number is 347-308-8789. One more time. 347-308-8789. Okay. All right. I meant to hand this over to uh, to Mark so he could be.
talking to you guys on the uh, uh, on the chat room uh, while I was talking on the phone. That was the whole re- one of the whole reasons of having him here. I'm also going to show him how to uh, to run the station so that uh, we can have folks uh, so we can pass the show off uh, to the folks. I can see it says must hurt must hurt to speak forcefully with a busted ribs. Yeah, it does. Actually, it does. Uh, okay. <clears throat> okay, area code 502. Well, that's, uh, that's fun, Pillar Scout. Hey, Stacy, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a, a lot of time. I'm uh, heading out to work, but I um, uh, just wanted to give you a quick rundown of what my uh, 4th of July looked like. Uh, I, had, I had an opportunity to speak at a at a church, uh, had about 65, 70 people there, and uh, what they wanted to hear was was the story. Uh, I, got, I got about 40 minutes of giving them a, a quick rendition of the three strikes, and uh, the whole purpose was, the whole purpose of the class uh, was to reconnect to the heritage, the, the idea that uh, the, that uh, we as, as a nation and, and, uh, and uh, you know, in their mind, they, they were saying that uh, them as a, as a as a Christian group, they need to reconnect to the American heritage, and um, and that's what I was invited to come and talk about. And it uh, it got me thinking that you know there's a, there's a bunch of other groups out there that want to hear about the heritage. They don't maybe they don't know that yet, but they do. And uh, and that's that's our niche. That's what we can do. That's what we can offer as a program to groups. Uh, it is, is our is our knowledge about our history and, and our, our the time that we spend to learn this stuff to so we teach it at the at the events we can we can flip that information over and use it for these other groups and uh, help them uh, help their members become more familiar with their heritage it's um you know with, with without the heritage without the knowledge of the heritage then uh, the, what these groups are trying to do, these civic groups, uh, uh, church groups, uh, you name it, what, uh, you know, whatever groups we can come up with, uh, 4-H groups, uh, you know, the Boy Scouts, these, without the American Heritage, th- those programs are not going to exist. And so they, they also need to go to the roots, and, uh, and we, we can help them do that. So, and I, I just wanted to pass on, too, that uh, Bob210 passed on a, um, it's on the forum somewhere, we linked it, uh, a video sermon from one of the churches that he attends, um, and, it, and that was exactly the message that was going on there too. Was we have got to, as a nation, go back to our founding heritage and say, uh, why are we a country that we are? And uh, and, I, and I think that that, that realization is starting to hit for a lot of folks. They're going, we aren't what we're supposed to be. Okay, what are we supposed to be, and why are we so far off track? Yeah, because and they don't know who they are. They right. They've for completely forgotten who they're supposed to be. They've forgotten what it means to be an American. Exactly. And that, and that, what's 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 intriguing is is you touched on it. Is is there is a lust for that information, and you you start sharing that information with people, uh, it's groups and organizations and such. They are gonna they're gonna uh, lap it up, and, and they do. And that's what uh, that was my experience with. With the speaking engagement, it was it was just nothing more than me telling the history and the heritage of of, of the birth of their nation, and and they 
they thoroughly enjoyed it. There was a lot of uh, energy that came out of it, and uh, and that, like I said, that was the purpose of of that that class. It was a special day. It was people coming in uh, uh, in on the morning of the fourth when they would normally not be at the at this uh, at this church, and and it was just a, a way to share the heritage with uh, uh, you know with folks that uh, you know wanted to hear it, and it was exciting. Um, right, that's and an that's, opportunity that's, for all of our instructors too. They can go out to you know, a hundred different other organizations and share the heritage too. Yeah, that's that. I think that is going to be one of the things that's going to turn around what we're doing. I think that if we can pour, well, we've, we've got to we've got to uh, impress upon them the importance of this, and then we've got to get them uh, to commit to doing it. And uh, I, I don't know any instructor. Now, I know some guys that are that have a, a bit of a fear with uh, public speaking, but I don't know any instructor who who does not love the story, who does not love telling the story. And uh, that's part of what I was speaking about earlier when I was talking about uh, Dan's uh, email that he sent to me. Is that uh, as Americans, we're we're completely going off track as far as who we are. It's now it's just a Fourth uh, of July mm-hmm. celebration, and Fourth well, of July to a lot of people doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's just the Fourth of July. It's just a date. It has yeah, no meaning. It's a, yeah, it's just another thing. It's just another day to to, to get off of work. But um, but let's also put the word out to folks that are listening that uh, uh, that the RWVA. Stands ready to come out and do this at events near them. So if they have a a group that they want somebody to come and talk about the heritage, come and talk about the the founding of the country, come and talk about the the birthday, uh, the, the very first day America became a became America, then uh, contact the RWPA. Have one of us come out. It's it's free. We'll be tickled to do it. And uh, you know it's, it's a service that we want to provide as as an organization. And uh, you know with, with 400 events around the country at uh, 100 and I think we got about 145 different venues around the country. Well, we've got instructors all over the place that can uh, easily get to a lot of different locations and, and uh, present this stuff during the week. Uh, you know, weekends that we're not doing shoots at their location. Yeah, uh, and listen, it's, it's a resource. You don't ha- you don't have to. I'm talking about the, the people, all the people that are listening. You personally do not have to. Uh, we're not going to ask you personally to go and speak at these events if you don't want to. But if you can just do just do the the setting up, that would be enough. If you if you can just get a place set up, or get somebody interested in having uh, somebody come and speak, and then let us know, we'll get somebody to come and speak. So don't think that uh, you can't help because you don't want to speak about this or you don't know enough uh, about the uh, uh, about the story about the American Revolution or about America's heritage and history to speak, that you can't get one set up. You get one set up, and we'll get somebody there uh, to speak to to speak at the event, if at all possible. So please, if you're listening, uh, get uh, put that high on your priority. All right, Ask somebody, uh, ask your church, ask your uh, Knights of Columbus, ask your, the VFW, uh, ask uh, the VAR, SAR, that's uh, Daughters of American Revolution, Sons of the American Revolution, any of these groups. Uh, if they can have uh, somebody come and speak. And listen, I think we talked about this a couple of shows uh, back, too. These folks, uh, they're they're hungry for speakers. They're hungry. So 
All you have to do is talk to them and say, listen, we'd like somebody to come and speak about American history, American heritage, uh, and, uh, and the American Revolution. And they will almost always say, yeah, that sounds great. So please help us uh, get these engagements, even if you don't feel like you're ready to speak at one. Uh, see about getting one set up and then getting in, get a hold of us, and we'll get a speaker there. And we're working on right now internally on trying to get uh, a program set up just for this, so where we have some, uh, I don't want to say canned presentations, but some guidance on presentations for different groups and uh, different lengths. And uh, so there's, there's, there's some of us internally that are working on trying to make this a little bit of an easier process. So if there's you know any uh, apple seeders listening that want to get involved in something like this, have them send me a PM and. Uh, you know, and I'll uh, I'll get them into the group, and we can kind of hone out the, the, their skills and, and and make this a, a an outreach for the program that uh, you know that we can get some positive feedback, we can get some positive effects, and uh, you know we can help these other organizations too because that, that, like like you said, they're they're hungry for it, they're looking for it. So uh, why why shouldn't we do what we normally do on a weekend anyway and go do it other places and uh, and share and share that that experience with them uh, in their home field, if you will. All right. And uh, I've got a uh, – oh, uh, uh, maybe I can uh, – I'll be on uh, uh, out of town. Of course, I'm busted up right now, and I'll, I'll be out of town uh, for a couple of weeks coming up. But uh, I've got a, uh, uh, a presentation on uh, DVD. Uh, for these groups. Uh, so uh, if you're listening and you think that uh, you can get us a present, if you can get us a uh, live speaking engagement, great. And if you think that they would be uh, willing to uh, to watch a uh, DVD, uh, you know, uh, presentation of it, uh, just like uh, 15 minutes, then uh, send me or send uh, Funfailer a uh, PM or an email and uh, we'll see if we can get that set up. I'm, I'm going to check out here, Scott. I'm getting ready to head out to work, but uh, good, to, good to hear you. Good to hear that you're uh, not busted up enough. You didn't get your mouth wired shut. So we're happy about that. <laughs> and, uh, we just keep your keyboard fingers going. I think we'll, uh, we'll at least keep uh, we'll keep a spot open for you on the program. So. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for calling, Stacy. And uh, we'll see. You. And Bye-bye. we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to uh, I'm going to hand off the phone to uh, to Mark. Mark's here. About Mark's been here with me the whole time. Uh, we got another caller on. Caller uh, area code eight one eight. Yeah. Hey, Scout. This is Bob two ten. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. Not too bad. I'm glad to hear your surgeries went well. Know that you're in our prayers. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, just, I'm uh, it went well. It's a it's a hard uh, hard person to follow on a radio show uh, coming in after fun failure, but uh, I thought I'd just call up and talk to you about our upcoming events. We're uh, getting ready to kick off a pretty big summer out here in California, and of course we got our our Pyru uh, apple seed coming up at uh, on the 18th and 19th of July, and then from there on out, uh, it's another big explosion up in Central and Northern California. We've got our uh, shoot up in Bridge, Bridgeport, California, on the 25th and 26th of July. 
And then we have the August 1st and 2nd Appleseed in Lakeport, California, which is up in Northern California. You know, a, a pretty interesting thing happened at both of those shoots is that the uh, the range is providing lunch both days. Uh, one of uh, the the Bridgeport uh, range is owned by a, a guy who's a butcher, and so he's going to cook up some uh, some grub for us for lunch both days. Well, that and, sounds uh, good. I was, whenever you when you when you talk about California lunch catering, I'm always thinking about like uh, tofu and stuff like that. Yeah, sushi and lattes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, unfortunately, you got the the wrong uh, impression. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, August uh, August shoot in Lakeport. They had a grocery store uh, donate a bunch of groceries, so they're going to cover for lunch for up there too. And uh, then we've got uh, Sacramento shoot coming up on the fifteenth and sixteenth of August, and then we're going to kick off uh, our second Rifleman's Boot Camp. Which is going to be held up in uh, up in Fresno at the Fresno Rifle and pa- uh, Pistol Range from the 23rd through the 30th. So we're looking forward to that. Junior Birdman's going to come back out and visit us, and uh, the guy's going to be coming out here. Should be a pretty uh, pretty amazing boot camp with the two of those guys teaching it together. Uh, that sounds like a really good boot camp. You're talking to Mark now. Scout's kind of rubbing his arm and stuff, and uh, we're going to give him a break for a little while. But, okay. Uh, Good to see you. Glad good to hear to talk, California's rock. Hey, good, glad to talk to you too. It's good to hear California's rocking and rolling out there. I've been watching y'all on the uh, website as well, and y'all are y'all are really taking off. Uh, I know when we first saw, I first saw California on there. I, you know, people always talk about California and firearms and stuff, and we had no idea, or at least I had no idea, <laughs> y'all were going to take off like this. And it's great. I'm, y'all surpassed Texas and uh, keep leading the way. Good job out there. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, the, the greatest blessing that I keep running into out here uh, are the folks that are willing to step up and volunteer their time. Uh, it's amazing that we pick up several instructors at every single Appleseed we, uh, apple we do. Yeah. And these folks, uh, they see huge value in the program, and they're willing to uh, donate their time and, and step up and, and teach what they've learned to, to other folks. It's something I always tell them at the Appleseed. You know, by the end of the weekend, they will have learned enough about rifle marksmanship to be able to put that rifleman score, but more importantly, they will have heard enough about the heritage of our country to be able to pass that on to anybody that's willing to listen. Absolutely. And uh, it seems like that's really hitting home, and uh, folks are really stepping up. In fact, uh, we have so many new instructors coming up. We're going to have a something that's going to be, I think, a first again in the program. In September, on the 12th and 13th, we're going to have simultaneous IBCs, one in Sacramento and one in Piru. Man, that's awesome. So that, that kind of tells you the amount of people that are stepping up to be instructors out here. You know, that is great. I, I wish you'd have that. I, we are. We have it. Uh, we're getting some trickling in over here. It's always good. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, keep it up. Uh, you know, speaking of the shoot there in Piru, for the last couple of months I keep telling the wife that, uh, okay, this month is ours and we're just going to do our stuff. And something seems like it usually comes up and here I go off to Appleseed and, it just so happens next week we're taking off to California. And, oh, outstanding. Uh, y'all have an apple seed up there that weekend. Uh, what is it, 18th and 19th? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in Piru. So I kept looking at it. I said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to touch that. You know, I'm on vacation. I'm just going to spend time with the family. So I figured, well, you know, I'm going to be in Burbank. Let me Google it and see where's Piru anyhow. Oh, that's pretty y'all close. about <laughs> Y'all are very far away, and boy, it's getting tempting. So I just may give them some money to go 
play somewhere, and I'll might who knows, man. <laughs> hey, pop in. V's V is going to run that one, and that, he's our resident Brit, and he's a he's a heck of a guy. I tell you, definitely oh. worth the while to take the time to come out and meet him. Oh, excellent. He so he's part of the program, huh? What's that? I said he's a Brit. Yeah, yeah, V. Uh, he's uh, he's one of our instructors. Uh, he's a shoot boss out here. Um, he's been in the program for um, since last year, and uh, he's he's really taken the spearhead here uh, as far as the the starting of the Central California. I mean, he's driving up from Southern California to take care of Central California almost every shoot. And uh, I'll tell you, he's uh, he's like the right hand guy out here. Man, that's awesome. That's good. I, I'm glad to see y'all are moving out there and uh, keep up the good work. We're gonna. Uh, one second, I'm looking at Scout here. Well, good. Hey, do you have anything else for us? Just uh, you guys keep up the good work there, and uh, we'll meet you at the Mississippi. How about that? That's great. Hey, hold on one second. I keep getting signals over here. Scout wants to talk to you. Okay. Hey, Bob. Uh, hey. What I was going to ask is, uh, uh, did you get any more? Uh, uh, did you get any uh, any further hit on the uh, the gun riders uh, event, like for a location? Uh, or date or anything there? No, we're still looking for a range to host that. We had a couple of ranges that were uh, we were talking with, and those kind of fell through. So uh, the idea was possibly do it at Ramser. We're still trying to work out the details on that. We're trying to put something together so that uh, the riders would have enough time to be able to uh, put out articles uh, before April 19th next year. Right, and uh, I was talking to Fred about that. He said that, uh, uh, well, of course, Ramser you know, would be a good location. He thought that uh, that you uh, had better uh, better locations with weather as far as uh, as the April nineteenth events would uh, would be concerned. Oh yeah, no, that, we were looking at that. I mean, I, I don't know if we could maybe even do it at Piru. I, I don't know. We're, we're talking about that a little bit, and it, it just hasn't uh, hadn't filled it out yet. Uh, like I said, we had a, a couple ranges we were looking at that kind of fell through. Right. Uh, but uh, we're still on it. I'm I'm looking to do that. I think that's going to be really important for the promotions of the upcoming year. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to check and see. Uh, God bless you and all the work that you're doing out there, Bob, and your crew. I know that uh, you depend on them heavily, and the, and they uh, they turn in for you. Thank you, sir, and, and same to you. And make sure you take the time to rest and heal. Uh, I will do. Okay. Take care, Bob. Okay, take care, guys. We'll see you. Which one? Um, that one's next. That's, uh... Okay. Area, area code 713, you're on the air. Hello there, Stephen Houston. <laughs> hey Steve, how are you? This is Mark. Doing good, doing good. First time caller. Actually figured out what we were, what I was doing here, and actually got on. So. <laughs> did, you, did you take my advice on that? I did. I did. <laughs> I just keep hitting buttons and keep hitting buttons and yelling at my computer, and all of a sudden I hear Scout's voice. So that's how I do it. <laughs> Scout, glad you're doing much better, and glad surgery went well for you, brother. Ooh, I sure hope it did. It's uh. It is really uh, banging, you know, but uh, but I, I guess there was no way around it. You know the uh, you know the bones at the end of your arm, right before it hits the wrist, 
it's a, if you look at it on the x-ray, it's like a, it makes like a cup, you know, okay. and that's what holds the, like the tarsals that come into it. Yes. And uh, those were busted off and mm. uh, twisted around, and then <clears throat> they were kind of facing the, the wrong way, and uh, there's really no way that it was going to work the way it was. He just said, he said, he goes, you know, if I leave it that way, you're, 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 you'll never have good use of that arm or anything. So, so there was no real, uh, there's no real question about whether I was going to do it or not because <clears throat> even though it's my left arm, you know, so I have to uh, provide a stable platform for the rifle. <laughs> uh, so, so I had to have it, but. Uh, well, I've got to throw you, in. That, yeah, if you ever have any choices, don't do this. Don't uh, don't break the bones in your arm or on your uh, in your ribs. The ribs especially. I hate to sound like a uh, uh, weenie, but uh, let me tell you, those ribs. Uh, I've had broken ribs before, but these these were really uh, excelling. Uh, and they were really uh, trying to outdo all the rest. World and cra- even world now, class. as I breathe in and out, it's like. Uh, it's crunchy, you know. The whole time, you know, when you breathe out, you breathe in. It, the whole time, it crunches. You know, you can feel that crunching going on, and uh, and I'm telling you, it is just, uh, it's pure painful. Uh, yes. I'm about ready to make my eyes water right now. That's why I brought Mark over in case I started crying. He was going to uh, make me go outside uh, where I, where the rest of the people couldn't hear a rifleman crying, and then he could take over. Yes, he's always good. That's what it was. Yeah, he was going to hug me and comfort me for it. That's what it was. I forgot. Well, he's he's good at wiping away tears, from what I understand. So, uh, but uh, I I just like to say that the doctor's word is not the final word. So I'll just leave that at that. Well, well, I believe you. I believe you completely. Yeah. All right. Well, give us a give us a rundown. You were the shoot boss for the uh, Davila July Fourth shoot. Give us a rundown on it. How'd it go? I think it went wonderfully. It was one of the most pleasurable apple seeds for me to instruct at. We had seven that attended, and each one, it was unique in that experience to me in that each of the seven had been to an apple seed before. And so some of them knew somewhat to expect. We had four instructors on Saturday, and everything went as smoothly as I could have imagined it going. I could not have asked for a better event to break myself in as a shoot boss at. And yeah, uh, just, these seven folks that had been there before, let me tell you too, they they had all been there before on a hot summer day. So it's not like that they came out here and they were surprised. They knew it was going to be hot, and they came anyway. Yes. Yeah. And so each one of them has thus proven that they were definitely persistent. And I was thrilled that we got two riflemen out of it, uh, Larry and Kevin. And Kevin has stepped up to the plate and has donned an orange hat and has agreed to become an IIT. And uh, he's based, uh, he's active duty military and based not far away from the Davila location. So always glad to add another one to the fold. But uh, everyone, everyone performed very safely. We had no safety issues that I can really recall. And the scores improved dramatically as the day went on. 
uh, Kevin got his rifleman patch on Saturday, and Larry got his by persisting on Sunday. And even on Saturday, I could tell with Larry's scores that uh, I was seeing 47 on stage one and 43 on stage two, but he was having some challenges with transition to prone, and uh, that's where he would lose it a little bit on Saturday. But he got past it. He persisted. And uh, despite the heat, despite uh, everything else, he just really did a good job and persisted. And I'm really proud of the job that the shooters did. Uh, even our teenager, young teenager that was there, his grandson, performed for the most part very, very safely, obeyed all range commands, just very proud of this group of shooters. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, I was there, too, and we had a great time out there. It was a very good group. Um, just uh, you're mentioning Andrew there, the uh, young man. Yes. Andrew did something really, really smart. Uh, while we were shooting, you know, the sun was out. It was, what, 104 degrees. Mm-hmm. We were all dying out there. Andrew got to a point where he got too tired, so he got up, sat down under some shade, drank some water. Nobody had to tell him to do this. Hydrated, sat out a couple of rounds, came right back on. He was online and nailing the target. Uh, this kid just did what he had to do. His grandfather, you were talking about Larry, persisting. I happened to be around Larry that day, and I could see he was hurting. And several times I asked him if he was okay, if he wanted to step off or whatever. And, he, you know, no, he's not a retired sergeant major, so, you know, he's not going to leave the line. And uh, he stayed there and hammered it and hammered it and hammered it and got that patch. It was a great group of folks. Uh, a lot of improvement from some of the ladies there. Both ladies, actually. Yeah. So, man, I tell you what, it was a great, great uh, shoot. A really pleasant one. Well, uh, Andrew's grandfather did something, which, uh, and Fred has mentioned this many times before, and uh, we even uh, we even had it as kind of a mission a while back, and that was having the grandparents if the parents if today's american parents uh are too uh, busy or too lazy or too apathetic to take their kids to an apple seed event to learn about history teach them about history teach them how to shoot teach them how to handle a rifle correctly uh, and safely then the grandparents have an obligation and a duty to do so uh, i think fred put it this way listen uh, you know, I raised you, you guys. Uh, I paid uh, however much X number of dollars taking care of you, raising you, and uh, so you owe me. And the way you're going to repay me is uh, you're going to give me the kids, and I'm going to take them to an apple seed. And uh, that's what he's been doing with Andrew. And I'm telling you, uh, I've seen a huge change in Andrew in just two events. Uh, he's not, he's not the boy. He was when he got here uh, two events ago. When he got here two events ago, he was a, he was a nice uh, he was a nice young boy, and uh, you know he was well mannered and stuff. But now he's a young man. He's yeah. uh, there's a completely uh, different aspect to Andrew now. He's not uh, the boy that he was when he got here. He's a young man. Uh, he's filled with confidence. He's filled with knowledge uh, of his country. He. He may not be an expert on American history, but I'll tell you what he is. He is aware of where he came from. He is aware of what happened to cause this nation to be birthed. 
he knows about April 19, 1775. He can tell you about it. Uh, and he knows how to handle a rifle safely. And he knows uh, the six steps to firing the shot. He understands what it means to, uh, uh, to get his uh, natural point of aim, to uh, ascertain his natural point of aim and shift it onto the target. He understands what it means to build a stable shooting position. He understands the uh, rifleman's cadence. He, he's not a boy anymore. He's a young man. And it's not just shooting that made him that. It's not just uh, the fact that he knows how uh, to handle a rifle better than probably uh, uh, millions of uh, adult American males in America right now. It's the fact that, <clears throat> that welding the two together, that teaching him about the history of his country, that... Uh, him uh, being around other men, uh, other like-minded men, and, uh, and gaining their respect and knowing that he has gained our respect by his actions and his deeds that has caused him to change into a young man. Yeah, his life has changed, and I see that happen over and over again at these events. Yes. Yeah, and that's, for me, a big part of it is the kids. I myself have none, but I like to think that that makes me a little bit more free than the people saying, hey, I, I can't do things this weekend. I've got to do something with my kids or my wife's out of town. I need to take care of the kids, whatever. Well, I am available for the kids. And so when those kids show up, I, I do enjoy, I've learned to enjoy working with them, no matter what their experience level is. I've learned to enjoy sticking a sharp stick in my eye. Clutton <laughs> for punishment that I am, but that's okay. Well, that that is the whole reason for it. That's the reason the Fanny Fathers did it. That's the reason they did it at Lexington, at Concord, at Battle Road. They said that. They wrote it down. There's yeah. no question about why they did it. They did it for posterity. They did it for those that came after. That's the same reason we're doing it today, for those that come after us. Yes. Exactly. And that's whoever I can reach, I'll reach. And if that means that kids that are interested in, you know, Uncle Steve, show me your guns or whatever, and that's what we'll do. I'll pull them out, and we'll show them how to ha safely handle them, how to safely show, show me it's unloaded before you hand it to me. Things like that. Yep. Well, hey, Steve, let's get to your shoot boss in here. Now, let us know, how did you like the experience of that? Now, I know we gave you plenty of time to prepare for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the baptism in fire approach to training. Um, I find that that actually is very effective with me and my personality because I don't have much time to worry about it. So I just don't worry about it. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was an enjoyable experience. It was really to me no more difficult than being an instructor. In fact, there were a few times where you know I wanted to jump in and do this or jump in and do that, and instead I was delegating who was going to do what. And um, but I liked the overall. You've got in for a shoot boss position. You've got to just have a overall vision of how we at Appleseed 
intend for each apple seed to be as much alike as another one, yet at the same time, each apple seed has its own unique qualities. Mm-hmm. Because every individual that comes and becomes a part of the instructor corps and every group of students is going to be unique. It's not going to be the same any one time. But I've, there was a phrase I saw on the forum that I have grabbed and adopted. The best apple seed that you just attend that you ever attend is the one you just attended. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and uh, that to me is always what it is. It's it was overall a very good experience for me, and I look forward to doing more. I will be <laughs> spending a little more time preparing, but at the same time, when you jump into something a little bit unprepared, you you walk away from it going, okay, could have done that little bit better would have liked to have seen this go this way but it went this way but the goals overall were achieved yeah and, and it seems like every time i run run one there's always something I, I forgot or something i wanted to put in or whatever and that you just refine it after a while yeah and everybody does things or i guess remembers things differently you saw how i had just a of notes and laminated sheets here and there, my morning greed and all that stuff. And, you know, you just, after a while, you start building up your things like that until you become like Scout and you do it all off of memory. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, anyhow, I guess I'll drop some names here. This is one of those shoots where I hadn't planned on coming to, and, uh, you know, Scout hurt himself, or the cow hurt him. So uh, I PM Nickel, and uh, Nickel came out with that great idea of saying, hey, he's a uh, why don't you let a, a, a Steve do it, you know? And I said, that's a great idea. So two days before, I said, hey, Steve, here you are, shoot boss. And uh, you really did step up to the plate, and you ran a really good shoot. Thank you very much. Uh, and I appreciate your insight and, and guidance whenever I go, okay, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> but, um, but I think it went really well, and uh, I especially appreciate the insight on that uh, little surprise at the end that I threw at the shooters. Uh, I was especially pleased that uh, Scout was uh, even a little surprised with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's always a good way to wrap things up. That's at least for, I like it. For our listeners, what I had done was I did a for our final red coat, and I actually almost forgot to do the final red coat, save for one of our instructors saying, "Aren't we going to do a red coat?" I had uh, had the students post the red coats, made sure that they circled up and had their hearing protection handy and then started talking to them about safety, et cetera, some, some subject to distract them a bit. And after I was convinced that they were paying attention to whatever it was I was distracting them with, I look out beyond the target line out over Scout's pasture, and I go, oh, my God. And everybody looks where I'm looking and I go, they're coming, they're coming, the red coats are coming, the regulars are out, get to your, get to your rifles, fire, for God's sakes, fire. And even Scout afterwards was saying how he was quite surprised. He's, he's looking at me like, I was looking at Steve like, he's nuts. What is well, he, that's because what is when he Steve about? first started doing it, he started saying, oh, oh, I see them. <laughs> and I was looking at him. He's looking at me. What is he talking about? 
because he was, you know, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was doing it very dramatically. Oh, here they come! I was going, is he? What's wrong with him? <laughs> uh, so, and then even afterwards, I enjoyed uh, hearing uh, our new IIT's wife, Eva, uh, coming out and saying that was the best part. So that <laughs> yeah. was that was good hearing that. It was. Well, all right, man. Well, I guess we're gonna jump on over to another caller here. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hey, Steve, yeah, before you go, again, thank you for uh, stepping up for your involvement with the program, and uh, you did a good job again, and I really appreciate your help. Thank you as well. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good night, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Area code 575, you're on the air. Hello? 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 I knew you'd come. I knew you'd get a get a leave those goats and those ducks alone. Let's go. <laughs> I never miss one. Except for last week. And I'm sorry to hear about that cow. Hey, well Hopefully. it's okay. I just typed in the chat room. I said it it's no problem because uh at least I'm not on the way to McDonalds, you know. <laughs> I was hoping he would be. <laughs> hey, tell us about Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque was too much fun. There were 26 people listed on the on the pre-reg, and we were all set for them. I had uh, worked real hard so I could get loose and get up there because I wanted a chance to to work with Blue Feather and Tyler Glock and Asher and 03 again. And uh, we were all set, and 47 people showed up. Ooh, man. But uh, they answered the call, man. We set her up. We had a great shoot. It was just fantastic, and you couldn't ask for a better bunch. Uh, we made riflemen. We got some orange hats working up there, some new ones, and uh, that was a fantastic effort. And we had an opportunity to impress some people from some of the local ranges around there to the point where they're asking us to come put on a shoot for them. Oh, that's and awesome. You can't have better than that. No, no, that's awesome. Uh, how many uh, riflemen you get? We only had three. Not bad. We had three, and I got to admit, one of them sandbagged on us. He got on that board and studied everything he could. He knew the six steps and had been practicing, bought himself a new LTR, and came out and shot a two thirty four. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I had to talk with Nickel about that, man, because I need to get an orange hat on him quick. <laughs> Yeah, I like the motivation there. He's already studying on his own. I have to tell you, though, the the most the, the greatest thing was that we had new shooters and we had young folks out there. And earlier on, Scout was talking about why they do this. It's for the posterity. Yeah. And i got to tell you that, that working with the youngsters is the greatest thing that you can do. And they're my number one priority when I'm out there. I spent a lot of time with them. And we had three really great ones, 110, 111, and 12, <laughs> Joseph, Willow, and Claire. And all three of them were real troopers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love uh, being around the kids. One, just teaching them the history, knowing that they're here, 
what they're hearing, what they're learning, seeing them on the line, the safe rifle handling, and as the children actually watching them shoot. I just love watching the kids. It sounds funny, but their little fingers manipulating their rifle, you know, doing what they need to do, uh, dropping a magazine, putting another one in. It's just great. I love seeing them out there. They're on it, and they're a quick study. They listen. You know, it's a blank slate, and you can go in there, and, and you can get them started right from the beginning. And we had one young lady out there. She was 10. Her name's Claire, and she came up with a cricket. Oh. <laughs> and cricket's a nice little rifle. They're kind of hard to handle at times. And uh, I told her about not being too delicate with it, to slap that bolt. And next string out there, she's slapping that thing, pitching empties 10 feet away and working it, and uh, working it like a soldier work a bolt gun. Nice. And uh, that, that's a difficult kind of rifle to shoot, being a single shot and a manual cocker on top of it. And she was out there, and she worked that rifle. She oh. worked it. That's great. I brought my uh, seven-year-old out here to scouts today, and we went out to the range, and we fired. And he launched about ten rounds down range, and uh, just looked at me and said, Dad, I'm too hot. So I said, oh, man, come on, just a few more minutes, and uh Managed to squeeze in an AQT or two, and uh, we shut down and came on in here. But, yeah, those little cricket rifles are great. I've been seeing them at Walmart for just over $100. And I've been thinking about buying a couple of those, just to throw in my, uh, my gear. So when we do have kids like that, a lot of times they come out to the line and they have a full-size 10-22 or whatever. And I say, like, you know, I ought to just, for, for that price, just chunk a cricket or two inside my all, you know, all my apple seed stuff, and we have some youngsters on the line, they can use that. Uh, that that motivated me to start building a, a junior's rifle. Uh, and I'm, I have an old JW-15 here I'm going to redo uh, down to boy's rifle size. Yeah. They used to make... Uh, can't you do that with a... Uh, can't you do that, manipulate a, uh, a Ruger 10-22... And uh, chop it all the way down, uh, including the uh, the handguard and the butt, uh, the stock, to make it uh, fit. You know, like the uh, eight, nine, ten year olds. You can do that. Uh, the thing to remember is that you not only have to chop off the butt stock, but you have to shorten the barrel and you have to lighten it a lot. Uh, if you if you leave a, a big front heavy rifle for them. It's real hard for them to operate, especially when they get into standing. Well, I think what I do is uh, when I get the kids that that the rifle is definitely too much for them, I just uh, I, both days I'll just uh, uh, put them in the prone with a sandbag uh, because all I'm really interested in is them learning, uh, you know, to build a stable shooting position, uh, get their natural point of aim, shift it onto the target, and then fire the shot by the six steps. And they can do that. Uh, even sandbagged, you know. So I'll let the kids that uh, if they if there's too much steel out in front of them, I will sandbag them. And and we've got no the the program has no problems with that. Oh no, we we've been doing that quite a bit. And and on the second day, uh, we put Claire into a an LTR that I borrowed from Tao's Glock just to see how she'd do with a semi. And uh, it, it took a little getting used to for her because she. Wanted to cycle that bolt, but uh, once she got the hang of it, she was shooting very well with it. 
and uh, it was good. Uh, I would have just liked to have had a a, a easier operating uh, bolt gun for her so she didn't have to change into something that wasn't familiar. I, I'll tell uh, I'll tell the folks out there now that if they want to uh, to, to make a lightweight 1022 uh, for a while here before I get too busy, if they want to have a barrel cut and crown to 16 and turn to minimum, I will do a bunch of them for free, time permitting. If they want to send them in, I'll, I'll chuck them up in the lathe and cut them down and crown them at 16 inches and, uh, and turn them down to a little lighter profile if they want. Well, uh, now, I thought the carbines were already uh, 18 inches. He's, a, he's cutting to 16. Oh, okay. All right. You know, now, we, know we take it to to minimum and, and put a, a real lightweight taper on there if they want to build a, a proper rifle okay. for a real right. young, you'll, you'll young also boy. You'll taper it. You'll go to 16 and then taper it. Okay, that's a sure. good idea. You know, uh, time permitting, I'll do them, and folks can just take them off and send them over here, and uh, and I'll go ahead and do a, do a few of them as long as uh, time permits. Oh, very nice. And, uh, again, I guess if you can't do that, the sandbag is okay, because I think I'd been doing that up until I joined Appleseed. <laughs> I know it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody showed me what the sling thing was all about, and I started using that. The sandbag is good, and uh, and we like to get them into the slings. And a lot of youngsters are more comfortable working on the sandbag. These three, uh, they were being very safe and very attentive, and and I wanted to try and and keep them into the uh, adult side of the shooting as much as possible. Uh, you know, you can do that if you have a real bright, attentive youngster there that that that, that wants too hard. And I didn't want to artificially limit them if I didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, also it helps with uh, uh, instructors out there, too. I've been to a couple of shoots where uh, we're just a tad bit low on instructors, and we have four or five kids on the line, and, you know, my only guy is right there with them. They had a great time, you know, but it, it does uh, take off your instructor. So that's important, just like uh, somebody else, call, uh, Steve, was just saying he's going to, try to jump around some more and stuff like that. So if anybody else is out there and, you know, you, you don't have anything to do on a weekend, look on that schedule, see what's available, do your best to get out there. Everybody can always be used. Yeah, you, you need to get out and about. And it's great that we have enough people that are available to fill in on a, on a moment's notice like that, like for Scout last week. And we got great people that will do that, and I think that's fantastic. That's one of the good things about Appleseed. Because we've got people to get out there and do stuff. Yeah. We uh, certainly do. A lot of motivated people here, and that's what we need. That's what we're striving for, and uh, we're getting them. We're getting them, and, you know, the program is growing. Yeah, well, you you mentioned a very important thing just then, though, uh, Sam. You said Appleseed has people will, that will do something. And you're right, because you can look around the Internet, and there are tons, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands uh, of people who are willing to talk about doing stuff, I'm telling you there are no end of keyboard commandos, of uh, computer uh, snipers, uh, on and on and on. We're willing to talk about stuff 
and they're willing to, they're more than that. They're also willing to critique you uh, on the stuff that you're doing. Uh, they're willing to uh, to really bad talk you uh, on the stuff that you're doing uh, when they're not doing anything. And uh, that burns me up. But you know what? That's the world we live in. And that's the world we're probably always going to live in. During the American Revolution, <clears throat> there was less than, uh, than 25,000 men at any time. There was less than 25,000 men that the fate of 2 million rested on. And usually it got even lower than that. When you get to the darkest days, the darkest days of the revolution, when you get to uh, uh, the uh, get to December 1776, <clears throat> our nation is is right there on the verge of defeat, on the verge of failure. And guess what? The whole nation, the the two million people, depended. Their fate rested on 2,000 men who refused to give up. 2,000 men who refused to give up, who refused to go home, who refused uh, to, to say that it was too cold for them, even though they were wearing uh, nothing but uh, uh, sometimes just a blanket. And we're talking about snow, freezing, ice, and rain. As a matter of fact, and the attacks on... Uh, at the attack of Trenton uh, on uh, the day after Christmas, <clears throat> the Americans didn't lose any men during the battle, okay? But two men froze to death on the march there. That's how cold it was. Two men froze to death on the march there. Can you imagine that? And yet the, our whole nation rested on the shoulders of these 2,000 men who refused to give up. And that's, when, that's the people that you find at Appleseed, guys who will do something. And we don't just talk about it. We have guys that do things, that do what they say they're going to do, who show up, who run the events uh, for no pay. Uh, they're just as uh, – the guys – being an Appleseed instructor doesn't give you superhuman strength or power. You don't uh, – we don't have 28 hours in our days instead of the other people who have 24. We have the same amount uh, of time. We have the same amount of things we have to get done. We have the same worries, the same responsibilities, uh, and yet we somehow manage to find the time uh, to donate one weekend, one little tiny weekend uh, per month to our country. And listen, and, and, and even that one weekend, we're not asking you to march to Trenton on bare feet with just a blanket wrapped around your frozen body. Here's what we're asking you to do. See if you can hang with this. We're going to ask you to go to get together with a bunch of your friends at a rifle range and uh, shoot. And you're going to meet people who are the absolute best people in the whole face of this planet, apple seeders. You're going to get to hang out with them all weekend, and you're going to shoot uh, you're probably going to eat some uh, some uh, some good food in some form or fashion, and then you're going to listen to the stories of American heroes. So it's going to be two days of listening to American heroes, listening to the uh, uh, to the uh, to the exploits of uh, of historical action figures, and uh, and getting to shoot, and getting to be around other like-minded people. So that that is the that is the the great uh, and then 
terrible thing we ask you to do in lieu of being shot uh, for your country? There's nothing better than getting out there with some like-minded people and doing good stuff. And you can't do better than that, and, and Appleseed gives me a lot of opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, and, and people here help each other. I got pressed for some history last year, and uh, somebody told me that Don D. had a good history. And I sent him a PM, and he sent me back a, a nice history, something I could read and learn from and, and, uh, and present from. And and that was great. He he did, didn't hesitate a bit. I mean, he sent it back within 15, 20 minutes. And you couldn't ask for better than that. Uh, I got to meet him last week. I was going to have him come on with us. Uh, he, he stopped in on his way back east. But uh, we couldn't get on, and, and, and that's okay. We're going to get him on some other night. But he's a very interesting gentleman to speak to. And... and uh, a good, strong supporter for Appleseed, and, and uh, I really appreciate everything he did for me. Helped me out when I was trying to learn and, and get stuff right, and he helped me get it on the right track. Appleseed people always helping each other. Always. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's what uh, that's what it's all about. Appleseed is a place for people of action. You know. Uh, <clears throat> just because uh, you know we're talking about. Scout, I'm stepping outside. We talk about Scout and this cow incident, and we've joked around and things like that. To see the man, he is busted up. He is hurting. Just a few minutes ago, I've seen him wince in pain. He's grabbing pain pills now, but he still hasn't stopped. Over the weekend, he was hurting. He was out there trying to post uh, nail-in tent pegs to give the shooters cover. He wasn't even going to be out there. He was out there with one arm. That's the kind of people Appleseed's all about. That's the kind of people we have in here. So uh, you're absolutely right. We have a good, solid core here, and we're just expanding on that. You know, I read about all the, the new folks that we get, all that activity out in California, a lot of stuff going on in Texas. We've got a lot of folks coming up here in New Mexico and all over the country. And uh, we're going to make this go. People just have to remember to stay at it with a purpose, help out your your other apple seeders, support them, help teach them, and we're going to make this thing go. We can win, and we will. Oh, you're absolutely and it, right. And it'll be good. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and you're right. We are uh, moving along, just running off to Louisiana. Louisiana guys, there's a good rock solid core of guys over there. You'll see them on the forum, Rose, Yule Shop, Austin Five. Those guys out there are just burning. They're ready for more. I think they have some more shoots set up in August, August 22nd, maybe October and December. So people on this side of Texas or around the states, you know, hopefully they can get out there and uh, show up. But uh, I see Louisiana taking off really quick. It's a fine state with a long tradition and and been involved uh, in things for a long time. They get a bad rap sometimes, uh, but they're good people over there, and, and they're strong supporters, and they're outdoorsmen, and and they got strong values, and and they're going to be a good addition. I'd really like to see them take off. Yeah, me too. And we're we can, our next door neighbors, so I feel obligated. I think we'll uh, they'll be just fine. 
I used to spend a lot of time in East Texas and uh, and Louisiana, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know there are good people there who are ready for the ready for the message and ready to step up and become riflemen. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing that take off down there too. Me too. I, I, I can't wait to see it take off all over the place. Just like California, I still get a kick out of that. I love to read their uh, after actions reports and see what's going on over there, and they're just. Yeah, that state is on fire, and I hope they keep it up and continue to just lead the way. I'm fine with that. And, uh, you know, we'll just see what else happens. You know, I joke with Lay Lopro about California, but uh, by golly, there, there are shooters in that state, and there are riflemen in that state, and they're stepping up. And uh, it, it's a, a good message for everybody to take heed to. Because as much as we might like to poke fun at them and some of the funny laws and things they have over there, those people are stepping up. They're doing their part. And they're growing, and they're growing big. They certainly Much are. more than I ever suspected. Yeah, and, and I, I know there's good folks out there. I have a, a sister who lives out there. That's who I'll be visiting. And she and I are, are complete opposites on our way of thinking. And recently she's just been... Asking me about this apple seed, she has. She's told some friends about it. She has one guy now who's supposed to email me. He wants to get involved, and they're just a totally opposite crowd of what I'm a, accustomed to. But yeah, the word's just spreading, and people are beginning to get interested in this. And man, I love it. I love it. And we need to keep. Everybody needs to keep in mind that we have to keep folks involved. Uh, we push people a lot to try and get new IIPs and instructors in the system, and that's a great thing because we need them. Everybody isn't necessarily cut out for it, doesn't necessarily have the time for it, but everybody can do their part uh, to make this program work. We're always needing people to send out press releases, do a little writing here and there, uh, pass out a few flyers. So encourage... Uh, the folks who have only been to one apple seed and ain't made riflemen and are not real uh, real enthusiastic maybe, get out there and keep them part of the program and keep them working. We can't afford to lose them people just because they uh, think that the only goal out there is shooting that magic 210 or better. And some people who can shoot very well never will be good instructors because they just don't feel comfortable with it. There's a place for everybody in this program. You're absolutely right, Sam. You just it's know. good work for everybody to be doing without putting on an orange, red, or green hat. Absolutely right. We were just talking about this uh, at our last shoot just a couple of days ago. You don't have to shoot that 210. You may have a friend of a friend of a friend who runs a radio station or whatever the case is. You know, I'm not very good with these here computers. So uh, I'm just lost with them. I can barely log on. And I know people out here who can do all kinds of neat graphics, you know, send out information, stuff, you know, so we can make banners, T-shirts, whatever. Somebody may know somebody in a print shop. You're absolutely right. We just hit up everybody. There's all walks of life out here. Uh, you know, it's about Americans helping Americans be better Americans. Yeah. It's not know. just about rifles, and everybody can take part in this. There's, there's no one that... They can't do something to make it better, and we need to encourage people to, to come on board with us and, and help in any way they can. Absolutely. 
Well, look, we only have a few minutes left, Sam. I'm going to let you talk to Scout. Uh, I'm going to give him the last part of the show. Thanks for everybody who came in today, who called in, all you folks on the chat room. Y'all take care. I'll see y'all when I see you. I'm sure I'll see you on the trail. God bless y'all. Good night. Thank you. It's been great talking with you tonight. Hey, hey, don't hang up. He's just I'm leaving. not. He's just leaving. <laughs> you don't get to leave. <laughs> Actually, he's not really leaving. I think he's just going to sit here and take a drink for, for a minute. Uh, Gatorade. And uh, they want to qualify that. <la> we, don't, we don't allow any alcohol at Appleseed uh, radio events either. <laughs> He's, uh, like I said, he was taking the, uh, his son, uh, uh, James, out shooting earlier. They're getting ready to go back out there, I think, right now. It's uh, 9 o'clock, but we still have uh, – I think they've got enough light left for uh, one uh, uh, red coat. So I think they're going to uh, to go back out and uh, and try that. That that's great, you know. Uh, keeping those youngsters active and involved, starting early is, is very important. And people need to remember they got to take some time to stay with their families too. Apple seeds, great stuff. If you wipe yourself out messing with your cows, or if you <laughs> neglect your wife and kids to where they don't want to support you, you can't have that. You you need to take care of your family and keep yourself healthy too. And, uh, oh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Scout, but I tell you, I feel for you. And uh, hopefully well, you'll right get healed up bed. good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to tell any about, uh, anybody about broken ribs or anything else like that. Everybody <laughs> gets them, you know. It's just... Uh, <laughs> it's I'm going to get a, you a good cow dog out of my next litter. I'll take and we'll it. train him and you up, and you won't have to go down in the bush for them cows anymore. <laughs> and you won't have to get in there and unload them and sit on the fence and let the dog do it. <laughs> I'll be glad to do that. Listen, thanks again to everybody. Thanks for uh, to all the folks in the chat room. Uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. We really appreciate uh, you guys in there. All the callers, thank you. And uh, we will be here again next Tuesday. And uh, we're always in the archives. So come on in, and uh, we'll look for you again this, uh, this next Tuesday. God bless everyone listening, and uh, continue to spread the word. Night, everybody.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.